Dave Haxtell is tired of the goalie narrative. Let me tell you why he might be playing right into it on this episode of Locked on Kraken. You are Locked on Kraken. Your daily podcast on the Seattle Kraken. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We are the Seattle Kraken. Hey, hey, what do you say, Seattle hockey fans? Thank you, as always, for joining me, your host, Erica L. Ayala, on your daily podcast covering the Seattle Kraken. We appreciate you making the show a part of your daily routine. (sighs) I wish I could start the show with better news, but uh, hopefully this isn't a spoiler. The Seattle Kraken dropped their game to the Ottawa Senators last night. And, you know, uh, uh, let's just get into some of these stats. You can see it was a 5-4 win. The Seattle Kraken, though, gave up the first three goals of the game. You can see we were not great on the face-off dot. We were an 0-4 on the power play, but at least we were 100% 4-4 on the penalty kill. Uh, we had more hits, more blocks but they had more goals. Now, I talked the other day about uh, the Seattle Kraken being fatigued. Uh, They, for whatever reason, are in a little bit of a rut. Um, And I started the show by talking about Dave Haxtell, and he was very uh, short with, I believe it was Jeff Baker who was asking about goaltending in the pregame. Philip Grubauer did get the start. I've been saying on the show, like, let's chill out. We've got this Grubauer versus Jones thing. Dave Haxtell's tired of it. I'm tired of it. But, but the question I asked or the question I posed is, is he playing into the narrative? And here's why. The Seattle Kraken at least of the five goals that we gave up, I think about three of them were uh, goals where a defender was trying to shoot the puck around the rim and Ottawa was doing a great job on the forecheck. They pinched in, they stopped the puck on the wall. Then there were what, three or four goals in this game that bounced off of a player and were essentially own goals. So one of Jared McCann's goals, he had two goals, um, it just it was a weird it was a weird game bounce wise. That being said, the third goal given up by Philip Grubauer, he might want that one back. He might want that one back. And so, why am I talking about this? Why do I think that maybe Dave Haxel's placating into the this versus that narrative? Well, first of all, I think he was a little bit punchy. I get it. He doesn't want to answer questions. He's been very short, even though he knows the media is going to ask about the ro- the roster. He said, "I'll have you up. I'll give you updates at seven o'clock puck drop, of course, local time." So he's getting tired of talking about the roster. But it's a critical question for us journalists to be asking 
because sometimes you pick up trends on when how the team plays when certain people are in net when certain people are on the ice and so i don't understand completely why he's getting tired of that and he might be playing into the narrative because Martin Jones had a short leash. Uh, what was the last game that he started? And then Gruber had to come in in relief. I can't remember. All my days are all mixed up. Probably can see because I got a blurred background. That I'm on the road again. We'll talk a little bit about women's hockey later on the show. Anyway, um, that third goal really bothered me. The first goal bothered me, but I put that on Jamie Alexiak because um, – it was interesting. I guess it was before the game. Vince Dunn, everyone wanted to talk, talk about Vince Dunn. We talked about that gnarly hit, and he did not finish out the game. First got a major and then was pulled. Excuse me. Was pulled for some protocol. Who knows? But he was asked about defense and clearing bodies in front of the net versus letting bodies remain. And I thought he said something that was interesting. He was talking about some people who don't really know the game or like push the bodies out of the way. And he's like, you don't always want to do that um, because then you're kind of messing up the flow what's in front of the goalie. Sure. But what he also said, and this is the key part, you have to not let the team have a net front presence anyway. Because if they're already there, then you don't want to be doing a bunch and take away the eyes of your goaltender. Totally agree there. But if you're going to let them stay there, what do you have to do? You have to play stick to stick. This is me slashing down, hammering down on the stick of the offensive player. You have to play stick to stick, either lift those sticks or you know, press them. Uh, pin them down so that they don't have an active stick in front of your goalie, or you need to go body to body. None of that happened on the first goal. And so Philip Grubauer made the first save, and then the second goal is given up. So I told you before, and this is where I agree with Dave Haxtell from my perspective, I'm not doing this Grubauer versus Jones thing every night. Oh, look who didn't make a save this time. Look who didn't make a save that. I'm getting tired of it. So I get Dave Hack still there. And both of the goal, we're at the part of the season now where neither goaltender, in my opinion, it's a smaller sample size for Phil Grubauer, in my opinion. But I wonder if we're getting back to a regression where we're asking too much of Philip Grubauer and not doing enough of the stick-to-stick, body-to-body that is required to play good defense in the game of hockey and to stop goals from either going in that were off of a rebound on a wide-open second chance or to be in a position where we're not having a, a, a puck go right off of us and into the net past our own goaltender. So I'm not here to talk about goaltending per se. Of course, this was my sneaky way of talking about defense. We are getting sloppy defensively. And it's becoming um, difficult for me to stay calm. Because a lot of people, a lot of the headlines are, oh, the Seattle Kraken nearly mount a comeback. First of all, why did we have to come back from three goals? Because we were not stick to stick, body to body. Because 
Again, Phil Grubauer probably wants that third goal back, but because we aren't doing things that we need to defensively, including exiting the zone. It's like trying to whip it around the board. It happens so many times. Ottawa, really, all they had to do was just pinch their body up against the boards, and then they stay in in their offensive zone. I didn't mean to rant about defense, but also, if you watch the show, you know it's inevitable. But those are the things, to me, that still stand out. And I know we talked about how this team is a little bit fatigued. I know we talked about how they're banged up, bruised, battered. Burakovsky's not in the lineup. Philip Grubauer is getting time. We're not seeing Martin Jones very much these days. Those are like, you still have to do the little things. So yeah, sure. I like Jared McCann had a great game. Vince Dunn set himself up for his goal. So he scored the fourth goal. Yes. He scored the Seattle Kraken's fourth goal. If you look at this play, Vince Dunn stands Ottawa up at the blue line, just like Nope, you're not getting out of this zone. Not doing it. Love that. Keeps the puck alive in the offensive zone. And then that cycles back and he's rewarded. That's the kind of play that we need from all of our players. But Borgen had a a tough one. I think Alexiak, again, on the first goal. And I think later on in the game, Jamie Alexiak, I think, tried to rim the puck around the boards. And it's just like... Rimming the puck around the boards is a very common play. You see it all of the time. I feel like I'm not describing exactly what I saw, but like the you either need to zip that puck out, and of course you want to be careful because you don't want to get an icing, but I think we need to be um, a little bit more assertive. Uh, We need to uh, try to clear the zone with a little more purpose, and I did not see that against Ottawa last night, and technically this morning because I watched the game this morning because I was traveling. Anyway, I did not see that in the game against Ottawa. I think there were some lackadaisical, lazy um, clearances, and bad assignments. We've heard Dave Hack still talk about wanting to win board battles. I think we we weren't even there to battle along the boards. Um, Ottawa was just really great at pinning us in at times. And uh, yeah. In the grand scheme of things, how much does this game hurt? That's debatable, but we're in a playoff race. And now we are finding ourselves on the back end as in last one's in slash first one's out situation. So five games is as far as we get with the latest win streak. We're going to talk about standings and we're going to talk about women's hockey coming up next. This episode of Locked on Kraken is brought to you by FanDuel. And I want to we're going to start doing this a little bit more. You know, we know that the NBA season is over halfway through. They've got about, I think, locked on NBA show, show said about 20% of their season left. But I want to talk about the fan duel odds for hockey. Here's what you need to know according to FanDuel. According to FanDuel, in the outright bets for your conference slash division winners, the Seattle Kraken have the fourth best chances to take the Pacific Division at a plus 550 coming in behind Edmonton. We'll get to that later. 
at a 490, behind LA, who's at a plus 195, and behind the Vegas Golden Knights at a 130. The Calgary Flames are hot on our heels at a plus 50,000 to win the Pacific Division. To make the playoffs, are we going to make the playoffs? Yes or no? Minus 3,000 bet line is the betting line that yes, we make it. Uh, plus 1340, 1340 is a no that we don't make it. So these are just some of the bets and odds that you can find on FanDuel. It is the number one sports book and for a reason. And new customers now can get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. You just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and easy to use. Okay, so don't miss your chance to get in on your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com backslash locked on. That's fanduel.com backslash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with Fanduel, an official sports and betting partner of the NBA. Thanks as always, folks, for joining us here on Locked on Kraken. I am your host, Erica L. Ayala. If you're watching on YouTube, Leave a reply. Leave a reply. What do you think? Obviously, I'm always talking about defense, but also our defense, just we just have these lapses defensively. Goaltending-wise, I wouldn't be surprised if we start to integrate Martin Jones a little bit more, and that's kind of, I feel like I didn't do the best job explaining that because I went on a little bit of a rant. What I was trying to allude to is Dave Haxel's tired of talking about his goaltending um, but also the goaltending, it wasn't bad from Philip Grubauer. Actually, let's talk in numbers. Let's talk real numbers for you. I, I just want to take a look at what we were working with. So um, you had Philip Grubauer. He was going up against uh, Sogard, who pushed aside 29 of 33 shots for an 879 save percentage. Where was Philip Grubauer at an 8? 39 save percentage. He saw 31 shots, pushed aside 26, was uh, perfect on the power play, but let up five even strength. Um, that's not terrible, but it's not great. It's not great. Again, there were some weird bounces in front for both teams. Again, McCann's Second goal went off of an Ottawa player. That's why you put the shots up on net and good things happen, as they say. That's not great, though. And so I'd be okay if we now switch and give Martin Jones some time. Again, I agree with with uh, Dave Haxel in that, like, listen, it's not always a storyline. Early on, it was a storyline because we weren't expecting that much from Martin Jones and Philip Grubauer was hurt. And, of course, Chris Drieger has been hurt. We've talked about it. Now Chris Drieger is rehabbing in Coachella Valley. He's going to come back soon. What does that mean for Martin Jones? We haven't gone to Cap Friendly in a while. We'll probably do that a little bit next week. But we'll, we got to start talking RFAs. we got to start talking free agents. we got to start talking guys that are up for extensions or new deals and who's going to get one. It was interesting. Um, I forget who was talking. It might've been Vince Dunn at morning skate yesterday saying, you know, guys are playing for contracts. He was actually talking about Ottawa. So Ottawa, a team that again, we should have taken care of according to the standings. 
If we look at the standings right now, the Ottawa Senators are third in wild card. Their winning percentage is a 5-4-7. We have a win percentage of 6-15. So we have a better record, but we couldn't get it done. And that's where Vince Dunn's talking about guys playing for contracts. Well, guess what? The same goes for Seattle Kraken. Who's gonna who's earning their stripes in goaltending? It's been a it's been a roller coaster for us if we're talking about goaltending. And I would love to see the Seattle Kraken start thinking about options down the road. That's why, again, I want to go to what we have from Cap Friendly and really break that down because goaltending has to be remedied for the Seattle Kraken. It's not an immediate fix, but it is something that we have to figure out. Philip Grubauer, I don't blame that loss on him. And I think I would like to see Martin Jones get a start or two coming up here. Okay. Um, since I'm already here and we're talking about it, let's take you to the standings. Because now with this loss, the Seattle Kraken, you know, we are still in that third spot, as you can see here in the Pacific Division. We have a record of 37, 22, and 6. 80 points overall, 615 win percentage. Now that's what's keeping us ahead of Edmonton, who we talked about odds in an earlier segment, but Edmonton has higher odds. I talked on the roundtable that I thought Edmonton had better momentum. They're on a two-game winning streak. The Los Angeles Kings are on a five-game win streak. Vegas has one in hand. We talked about that the other day, and they have some games coming up. So when we can't cluster wins together when we can't find a point you know we were close um to at least getting to some overtime but when we can't do that it hurts us because the losses um are gonna start adding up but the win percentage is what's keeping us ahead of Edmonton right now so we have to win more games than we lose to earn that Pacific Division third spot and keep Edmonton at bay for as long as possible. The, the schedule. Um, let's take a look at what we've got going on. So tonight, Anaheim plays Calgary. Go Calgary! Um, we have also Edmonton and Toronto. Go Toronto! We've got Vegas and Carolina. Carolina all day. That's where I went to school, baby. Um, definitely want that Florida versus Winnipeg, Winnipeg. I don't know how much we have to worry about, but you know what? Just for fun, let's go Florida. I, I want to see you win. We've got Dallas that's coming up. Oh, sorry. Some of this is Saturday. That's I was like, we don't play Dallas tonight. We play Dallas tomorrow. They put up a 10 spot on Buffalo though. So mm, yeah, we're going to have, we're going to have to keep an eye on that. Um, Ottawa versus Vancouver. Can we just pretend that's not happening because I'm not picking a winner from that one? And Nashville and Kimmel and good friend of the show and her co-host Nick. I want to see Nashville do good things, although it's Blake Bolden's birthday. So I'll give her a shout out, but I don't want her the hockey team that she works for to win. So those are my thoughts about the upcoming schedule. Um, you know, let's just take a really quick look at Dallas. So in um, this is the matchup that we have. Dallas. Um, they are five, three, and two in their last ten. 
We're six, four, and O oh in our last 10. Power play, oof. They have the eighth best power play at a 23.1% clip. We at 20.1% uh, have the 21st best power play in the league. Penalty kill, they have the fourth best PK. Face-offs, they have us one there. They have everyone one. They have the best face-off percentage in the league. Goals for, we average 3.52, just ahead, a few ticks ahead of them. And we let up 3.14, 16th overall in the league. We got to start bringing that down. And that's why, again, I don't want to get into goalie controversy. I think you go with your best chance to win. I've been talking about it for a while. We saw it with Martin Jones last, but you have to have a short leash and it's not anything to do with the goaltender necessarily, unless it does. Uh, you can't see me because I still have this up. Hold, hold the phone. Here we go. You, you know, I, you have to have a short leash. You have to have a short leash around this time because we need wins, baby. We need wins. You know, we're, we're going all the way through April so we are almost a month exactly out from the end of the regular season, and we end on a back-to-back -back with Vegas. We want to collect as many points before that time to hopefully make – we don't want to be in a situation, if possible, where our season is contingent on those last two games. Now, whether it's jockeying for position one, two, three, which could be possible because it's been pretty tight in the Pacific Division, but I would love – if we have things locked and loaded and we don't have to rely on those games against Vegas, then we have a stretch of games against Arizona. So the fatigue, I understand it. Sure. Everyone gets tired. We had a really gnarly funk um, at, at the back end of the all-star break, but I don't, I, 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 I don't like it. I don't like it. It doesn't feel right. I think there has to be something that energizes this crew. So what's it going to be? I don't know, but we're going to have to talk about it next week. Coming up on Locked on Kraken, I'm going to give you a little snippet from the Locked on NHL show where I made my appearance for the Women's Hockey Spotlight. I spoke to Liz Knox. She has been a leader in the CWHL the now defunct CWHL Canadian women's hockey league, and now the professional women's hockey players association. She's going to give us what she can about the forthcoming union. It's been reported that the PWHPA is going to have a formal union. They're in those conversations with ownership and we're expecting a full blown league by next season. What does Liz Noxie have to say about it? Well, I'll take you over to locked on NHL. And of course you can listen to the whole show by checking out Locked On NHL. That's coming up on Locked On Kraken. Noxie, I am so happy to have you on. This is our women's hockey spotlight as part of Locked On NHL, but we go way back to like the CWHL All-Star yeah. in Toronto. I think maybe the last ever. That's That was a long time ago. How you it, been? <laughs> it feels like it was a decade ago now, but I'm, I'm happy to be here and great to see your lovely face again, as always, Erica. 
Oh, thank you. Thank you much. Well, we wanted to have you on because I know that you've been carrying the banner for the PWHPA for some years. And even before then, as I mentioned, the CWHL, that's when we first got acquainted, wanting to know everything that you were doing to really push women's hockey forward. And so we're just going to get into it. We're going <laughs> to start with the, the most burning questions, which, of course, is there have been reports that the PWHPA is not only leaning towards a new league to start in the fall, but the I, what I, of course, am really curious and, again, picks up from where we started our uh, hockey, you know, acquaintance and friendship is what's going on with a, a union. That's what I'm hearing, that the players are going to have a voice here. So what can you tell us about that and, and what to expect come the fall? Yeah, like as you alluded to, when the CWHL folded, kind of one of the things we really recognized was that the players lacked the bargaining power that we needed to have a say in you know, what the league looked like and the decisions that it made. And that all kind of stemmed from when they added teams in China and the players basically had no choice. And we all have day jobs. So we're now we're taking vacation to go play hockey, which is awesome. It's a great opportunity. Don't get me wrong. But it kind of sparked this idea that we need a little bit more of a voice in our league. And so the traditional way to do that is to unionize and have the two parties, you know, the league and the union come to an agreement. And that has kind of been something that we've been working towards for the last four years. Of course, as I've learned, and as I'm sure all women's hockey fans learned, these things take a lot of time and um, people who make a lot more money than I do to make it happen. But we've been very, very fortunate to surround ourselves with some great people. And I think that will be our reality in the very near future. Okay, uh, so uh, sounds like still in in the process, as you said, been a long time coming. But uh, are there any things, broad strokes or whatever you're you're willing to to share that you're really excited about that you think are maybe what you envisioned back when you were still trying to do this with the CWHL, which is now for you uh, two leagues ago. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think broad strokes, it's just empowering the players and um, you know creating something that has longevity to it in the sense that we know what the next set of years, you know, as we talk about contract negotiation and collective bargaining agreements, I mean, this gives a real good picture of what's going to happen. And that's something that we've lacked, um, you know, at least from my experience in women's hockey, that we're, you're just kind of unsure and, and things can change at the drop of a hat, it seems, and money comes in and money comes out. And it just gives a, a little bit more sense of stability to us. So it's a really exciting time. And then, like I said, a lot of people have been working really hard to put this together. All right. I'm not going to grill you too much here, but we're going to definitely, like I said, uh, off air, this is your first time on Locked on NHL. We're just going to have to have you back as things develop and, and you can share a little bit more of the behind the scenes and the process. But let's get to the here and now. So last weekend, as we are chatting, you were able to be a part of the broadcast team that brought the PWHPA showcase in Washington, D.C. to the airwaves, to the broadcast. Uh, first of all, I love that. Uh, <laughs> As someone who is, you know, seeing the product as far as the broadcast really increase when it comes to professional women's hockey. I love that. And having former players is always an amazing thing. You've been doing this now uh, here and there with the PWHPA for a little bit. But, um, you know, D.C. took pretty good care of the PWHPA, looks like. And NBC Sports, I believe, was involved. So tell us about that experience and, and what you like about uh, transferring your hockey skills from the ice as a goalie to now up in the booth. 
Yeah, it's it's a whole new world. Like I just and the production team was fantastic in DC. I think it speaks volumes to what you know putting the proper resources in place can do because it's how the game is consumed from for the people sitting at home and as well as the people in the arena. You know, we had the benefit of a video goal review this weekend, which we'll have in championship weekend as well. Something that sometimes we get and sometimes we don't, just depending on um, you know the technology in place, but. Uh, NBC brought us nine cameras, so you're getting lots of looks at different angles, getting close up of plays and players and replay, and it's so much goes into it. And uh, I'll be frank with you, as somebody who's new to this side of the mic, <laughs> there's so many code names for things, <laughs> and I'm just true. sitting there looking around like, I don't know what that means, but I'll just roll with it. Like just names of it. cameras, names of <laughs> microphones, names of looks. I'm just like looking at Kenzie Lebon, who is my co-host or she was our play-by-play and I'm just like looking at her like are we good <laughs> I don't know what's happening but no like I said just a testament to the production team that was there because I think they made me sound okay <laughs> I'm sure you were more than okay I, I didn't catch up with it yet uh, but yes I totally understand like thing I had to learn a lot of that stuff on the fly so to speak as well like what is pre-pro oh you want us to pre-record just so, can we not just say that is that yeah <laughs> right <laughs> But it's been fun. You know, it is cool because I think the unique part about being a goaltender is I've been like an observer of the game my whole life and without really having, you know, the tools or the ability to be in the play making a change until it's, you know, a shot on net. Right. So you really get a sense of like how plays develop, what players do away from the puck. And that's kind of the perspective that I, I try to bring to the broadcast is as well as fun facts and where athletes went to school and all that good stuff the good stories but I just try to give it how I see the game and um, I think it adds some value to it and I'm having fun doing it that's awesome and uh, you know I've noticed that the setup has elevated since last we spoke Uh, you know we're gonna get to the podcast that you have as part of the Steve Dangle podcast network but before we do that let's get to also what we have coming up for the PWHPA and that of course is champions weekend championship weekend. Now it's going to be in uh, California, but you have a few different stops. So between the Anaheim ducks, the LA Kings, and uh, I don't know if you can see back here, but you know, I'm, I'm a, I, I keep up with the Seattle Kraken. So we've got the Coachella Valley firebirds also involved, which I'm super stoked about. I'm so bummed. I can't make it out to California Aww. for that. I know like the timing is just a little tough with, with my, uh, women's hockey engagements but do you have any uh predictions who do you think is going to take it all or maybe some players to watch well i mean harvey's is the safe bet because they have been a powerhouse but they've shown some cracks in the armor the last couple tour stops so they're not perfect so i i think they could they can be taken down it just takes a perfect game on the other side of the ice obviously they have marie philippe poulin and Anne renee Zabian in that so they've got strong offense strong goaltending and strong in the in between honestly but I, I, you know what? I, I'm like, I love the underdog story. And mm-hmm. Team Sonnet has so many good pieces. They have a lot of fun in the locker room. They're a good cultured team. And I think they might be looking to upset that number one seed. So they've got Hillary Knight, mm-hmm. Hannah Brandt, uh, Nicole Hensley in that. Uh, again, like fantastic names, fantastic players. That's going to be our first game, number one versus number four. And then Adidas, Adidas Scotiabank. These are the two teams that like, I, I feel like they've just been battling all season long and it's yep. whose game is going to be. And interestingly enough, most of their games have been somewhat lopsided, mm. but the season series is four, two for Adidas. So 
again, that game can go either way. It's going to be some great hockey. Um, the losers of the the initial games will play on Saturday in hosted by the LA Kings, as you mentioned. And then of course the finals will be the winners decided in Palm desert. And I cannot wait. It's going to be an <laughs> epic show. Oh yeah. It's going to be awesome. Akersher, uh new barn. So uh, it's going to be a good time. And uh, tell me a little bit about what it's been like though. You, you know, uh, we, we talked a little off air. You've got, you know, interviews coming up and all that, but you get another look at, at the hockey world uh, outside of goaltending. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. You know, I think that um, like I have the benefit of like kind of having these trusting relationships because I was a player not too long ago, though it feels like forever to me. Um, so the players kind of know me and they know that like I'm I'm not looking for a story or for dirt or anything. I just want to have them on the show. And Carell is awesome. Like she is just like the free floating. She'll just take the questions wherever, you know, kind of our guests want to go. And between the two of us, we we enjoy each other. We enjoy chirping each other. And it's just kind of a fun place to get to know the personalities behind the players that you know we're used to seeing kind of every four years at the Olympics and now at the Women's World Championship. But just get a sense of who they are as people away from the rink. And it's been really fun. I've been really surprised by some of them. Um, I mean, Abby Rock is the most obvious one because as Canadians, we hate playing against her. She's a tough person to play against. She's always in the dirt. And then you get her off the ice and she's just uh, so lovable. Uh, But let us know what's coming down the pike. What are you excited about? Whether it's the podcast, PWHPA, and uh, then where folks can find you. Yeah, I think it's just a really exciting time, as you said, Erica, for women's hockey everywhere um, at the grassroots level, right through, you know, professionally. And of course, we're seeing the Women's World Championship in my backyard. I couldn't get tickets because it sold out in like 15 seconds. But um, with the podcast, we're talking, we're tossing the idea around about maybe having like a little watch party. So let's keep your eyes peeled, you know, come up and enjoy the game with us. I think it'd be a great time. Absolutely. Well, Noxie, thanks again. We'll chat with you on the other side of the PWHPA championships when we'll see how, how well your predictions held out. <laughs> I, <laughs> I love that. Sounded pretty solid. Sounded pretty solid. But um, thanks as always, my friends. And uh, hey, best of luck down the road. Well, pleasure's all mine. And thank you, Erica, for doing all that you are for women's hockey. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks, as always, for making Locked on Kraken a part of your daily routine. I hope you enjoyed that little uh, trip over to Locked on NHL where you still heard and saw me because I was helping out with Women's Hockey Spotlight. But Liz Knox, you know, she and I don't always see eye to eye on women's hockey things, and we've talked about that. We're pretty open about that. That does not take away from the amount of of respect and appreciation that I have for Liz Knox. So you can, you, she is now a part of the media. She's a media member. She's been on broadcasts and she talks about her experience with all the different cameras and camera review and all that stuff, which is still really new to women's hockey um, for the most part, or at least as she said, inconsistent. And so I loved hearing her a little bit about uh, uh, hearing more about that. You can catch her on the Noxie and Cax a podcast, which is a part of the Steve Dangle Podcast Network. And that's where she provides more PWHPA content. She talked about having U.S. player Abby Rock 
um, on there. Abby is a fantastic person to chat with. I, I absolutely agree with Liz on that. But if you don't know who Liz Knox is, go listen to the full interview over on Locked on NHL. Again, the bi-weekly women's hockey spotlight hosted by yours truly. We're trying to get some momentum. So check it out there. Um, but that's going to do it, folks. I ranted. I know. I didn't I didn't mean to rant about defense. I really thought I was going to talk about goaltending. And then I remembered how ticked off I was by some of the plays against the Ottawa Senators. We have Dallas Saturday. I, you know, I just, I still can't figure out why our team doesn't take more opportunity to be dominating at home. And um, we need to do that. So, if I were a betting woman, which usually I'm not, and by usually I mean always, I, I don't, I just don't, I don't know. I, but you know, FanDuel gives me the information. It's just, I don't act on it. Anyway, I am not a betting woman, but I am a vibes. I'm a vibes sage burning auntie. I've got some incense burning right now here uh, while I'm away. I want to see Martin Jones soon. I think we have to see Martin Jones soon for a few different reasons. We can get into that next week, especially if we see him against Dallas. But I think it's time to get him back in the net. Now, I will keep it 100%. And I said this earlier, and I've been saying it consistently throughout the season. Short leash. Short leash. Meaning, if it's not working, whether it's Jones's fault or whoever, Grubauer's fault, or, or if it's just mistakes, not going stick to stick, not going body to body, not clearing the zone. You have to turn things up. You have to be able to make the adjustments because we need points. We need wins. We can't afford to lose outright. We cannot walk away from games not getting points. So I think we'll see Jones sooner rather than later. I do think he'll have a short leash. I don't think there's anything wrong per se with Philip Grubauer, but I think I don't think he's run away with it. That's how I'll say it. He hasn't run away with the starting spot. And maybe it's time to just get a fresh look. And maybe Jones will crap the bed. And then that's the situation where you go, all right, Groovy, you're our go-to guy. If he can be that. I think he can. But he's not been... Um, the, the, the Ottawa game was not great. He's made some fantastic saves. It was like the paddle save that he made a game or two ago. He's been great. And so I feel bad because I'm not anti-Grubauer. I want to make that clear. I'm not anti-Grooby. And there's a difference between making spectacular saves and being um, the right goaltender at the right time. And sometimes it just doesn't align with Grubauer. The vibes. The vibes are weird sometimes. So we need to sage the vibes and that means putting martin jones in that or maybe you bring up the cord for a little bit give jonesy a break i don't know i don't know what but i think we need to shake it up just a smidge just a smidge those are my thoughts have a great weekend if you want check me out on the premier hockey federation i'll be calling the um Buffalo and Minnesota, or excuse me, the Buffalo Riveters game tomorrow, Saturday afternoon. And then Sunday afternoon, I have Connecticut, Minnesota on ESPN Plus. Hold fast, stay true. Let's go Kraken. Let's get a dub against Dallas at home. And we'll talk about it next week. Peace.